What's up, everybody? You know how I told you I was going to go to Aftershock in October? And we didn't know who the headliner was because originally it was supposed to be My Chemical Romance. But they pulled out due to the ongoing COVID pandemic, which today I got really good news about for children ages 12 to 15. Hopefully in the right step to end this pandemic. Anyway, going back to what I was originally saying. It's going to be the original Misfits, Mac Danzig, Doyle, Dave Lombardo. I didn't even know Dave was part of the Misfits. If you if you didn't know, he was also a part of Slayer for a while. So, that's going to happen. I'm pretty excited because even though I'm not a big fan of the Misfits, I will at least be able to say, oh, I got to see them play and not a lot of people are going to be able to say that because they're pretty old school. But So, I'm pretty excited. Enjoy the fights, guys. Stay safe. Keep, stay on the lookout on my social media handles at Punch in the Mouth Official, and I believe my Twitter's PITM underscore official, or the other way around, official underscore PITM. Okay, guys, deuces. Enjoy the fights. Everybody, it's me. I'm back. I know I said I was gonna do this more often. I had things that came up. I do apologize, but without further ado, we're gonna get right into it. First and foremost, Reyes versus Prochatska. First of all, Yuri Prochatska, that guy, the best way I can describe him is an avalanche of violence. That dude did not stop. And let me tell you. Dominic Ray is, is as game as they come because any other person not as tough as Ray's would have went into the fetal position position a long time ago. Like dude, that fight it was non action it was nonstop action. Like Yuri, first of all, was stressing me out. He was stressing me out because of how low he had his hands. But that dude did not care. Like, he did not care if Reyes hit him. And Reyes tagged him a couple times. He even stunned him once. But Eerie just kept coming at him. Like, this dude is something else. Like, I wish Eerie would have been around when John Jones was still champion. And fighting like that, I'm pretty sure he would have gave John Jones a lot of problems. I It's, it's very easy for me to say that right now, right? Because there's no indication of John Jones coming down to 205 in the near future. They're even saying that he, Francis is probably going to end up fighting Derek Lewis instead of John Jones because negotiations went south with John Jones. So much so that his... I don't know what the situation is there. I'll try to get more information on it. But he, him and his management, first round management, parted ways. And then there was rumblings that Dominance MMA 
who is led by um, Khabib's manager, Ali Abdelaziz, would try and step in to take over because I think Ali has a better relationship with Dana, so that was one of the talking points. But going back to Yuri, this dude, like, he's an avalanche of violence. What's next for him? First of all, they did Alexander Rackage. I feel they did him a little dirty. He was number two, but after Erie beats Dominic, he catapult over Rackage. For me personally, like I feel like you should do what's right because Alexander Rackage is coming off of a win, and so is Yuri Prochaska. They should fight an eliminator. But if it's that the UFC wants to catapult on this guy's momentum, he's probably going to fight for the title right after Glover and Young get their fight over in September. I wouldn't be mad at that. But I feel the right thing to do is to have Yuri Prochatska fight Alexander Rakich for the next contender. They should even fight on the undercard of Jan Brakovic and Glover Teixeira. For Dominic Reyes, he should fight Tiago Santos. He needs to take time out because that fall he took, it was gross. Like, he face-planted. It sounds like it's not funny, bro. Like, that fall was gross. Like, I hope he's okay. It seems he's okay. He did say he's going to be back. So, for his comeback fight, I want to see him fight Tiago Santos. Giga Chikatsian, I believe is his name, beat the brakes off of Cub Swanson. That liver kick's no joke, bro. He calls it the Giga Kick. It's no joke. Let me pull up the rankings. That guy is awesome. That guy's the future. That guy is the future. Where's he at? I know my boys. I know he's ranked. That dude's not right. Am I looking at the right? Hold on, hold on. Oh, I was looking at the. I was. I was looking at the bantamweight. He's featherweight. So Giga's number ten. Who should he fight next? He says he wants to fight Calvin Cater. I think that's a little too high. Have him fight Arnold Allen. If he gets past Arnold Allen. He could fight Calvin Cater. Because Josh Emmett should fight Calvin Cater. Because Danny Ye is going to fight Korean Zombie. Brian Ortega is going to fight for the title. They should have Max Holloway fight Yair Rodriguez. Because it's been a while since Yair has fought. And there's another thing. Um, Zabit, he's going in for some type of surgery. I'll try to get an update about Zabit from his manager. But that he's complimenting retirement, Zabit Magomed Sharipov. And it's kind of sad because that dude, he looked like he had a really bright future. And I don't know if it's that he didn't like the way they were matching him up or names they were giving him. Honestly, I don't know. But that's what it sounds like. But according to this surgery, depending on how he comes out of it, he will say if he's going to retire or not. So... 
Keep a lookout for Zabit, Mago Meshiripov. But Giga Chikatsian, that's a dude we need to look out for. That dude is dangerous. He says he could beat Max Holloway in two rounds. That dude's got some confident oozing out of him, bro. Can't wait. The featherweight and bantamweight, they are cooking, dude. And then for the, I'm going to talk about one more fight. Marab Dashtivashasvili. He beat Cody Stamen. That dude, because he's training partners with Aljamain Sterling, I don't think he would fight him for the title. It's not a matter if, it's a matter of when, when this guy gets the title. The reason I say that is because, like, this dude, his nickname is The Machine. That's what, that dude is, like, he's another one that I would describe as the avalanche of violence. That dude is constantly in your face like Yuri Prochatska is. For his next fight, because he's number 10. Above him is Dominic Cruz, Pedro Munoz, Frankie Edgar, and Marlon Moraes. Out of those three names, I want to see him fight Marlon. Because I feel like he'll be too much for Cruz, and he's too much for Munoz, and he's too much for Edgar. So, I would want to see if he could withstand Marlon's leg kicks. Or even give him Jose Aldo. Like, that dude's number 10. And I would either want to see him fight the number 5 or 6 guy. Because number 9, 8, and 7, I feel like he runs through them. Again, it's not a matter if. It's a matter of when this guy gets the title. Because this guy could make a run like Khabib, bro. Like, if he gets the title, I don't see it. Like, I would want to see how him and Peter Yan do. He does have a loss to... um. What's this guy's name? Yeah, I forgot his name. The guy here right favor beat. What's his name? Anyway, he has a loss to to somebody to I cannot remember his name. When I remember his name, I will tell you guys. But he has a loss to this guy. But because Marab got caught in a guillotine choke. And he wouldn't tap, but the bell rang, but I guess Marab couldn't get up. So they counted it as a loss for him. No, the, he has another decision loss to some dude named Sanez and Sainez. That was a decision. But he has another loss that I cannot find. Oh, here it is. Simone. He has a TKO loss. Is it Ricky Simone? Anyway, this Russia is really... It's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when this guy gets his hands on the title. But he lost. Like, the dude was choking him, and I guess he couldn't... He lost consciousness, but he never tapped, and the bell had already rung. I want to say his name is Ricky Simone. And he has a TKO loss. I didn't know that. Okay, I'm going to move on to the next event, which was... Okay, originally it was supposed to be Corey Sanhagen versus TJ Dillashaw. But TJ got a cut over his eye, so he pulled out of the fight. So they're rescheduling that fight for a later event. So, Marina Rodriguez and Michelle Watterson, who are two strawweights, took a fight at flyweight. 
Marina Rodriguez won, but it was a crazy fight. And then also Diego Sanchez was supposed to fight Donald Cerrone in a welterweight fight, but stuff went down that I'll get into later with his with Diego Sanchez's coach that the fight didn't happen. So Alex Morno Morono stepped in. Um, he beat Donald by TKO. It was a competitive fight, but he just caught Donald with clean hits. The fight I really want to talk about is Gregor Gillespie versus Carlos Diego Fijera. Dude, Gregor Gillespie. I'm going to tell you, I want to see him fight Islam Makushev. Because I believe Gregor Gillespie can outpace him. I want to see how his wrestling holds up against Islam's. That's just the fight I want to see. Can I get that fight, please? Gregor's number 12, and I think Paul Felder and Islam are tied for number 10 in the rankings. I don't like how they have the bigger the bigger weights. Not bigger, the heavier fighters. First, they should have it from lightest to heaviest, in my opinion. Oh, they do have it like that. Don't listen to me. They do have it like that. Um. So let me see here. What? Was, oh, lightweight, lightweight. Yeah. So Islam Makhachev and Paul Felder. Are tied for number 10. Let's just say Islam for the sake of this argument. Will make him 11. And then Gregor Gillespie's number 12. That's the fight to make. Can we please make that fight? I mean because. Diego Fijeda is a black belt. Did you, do you guys remember what he did to Anthony Pettis? He mopped the floor with Anthony Pettis bro. And Gregor Gillespie. I believe broke his nose in the first round. Did not care and kept fighting and just outpaced him and broke Diego Fijeda. And Diego Fijeda weighed in like four pounds over the limit. Gregor Gillespie didn't care and still beat him down. The fight to make is Islam Makhachev versus Gregor Gillespie. I will shout it from the rooftops. I cannot wait to see Gregor fight again. He flew under the radar. Unfortunately, probably a lot of people remember him by getting his face kicked in by Kevin Lee. Because that was the last time we saw him fight, but Gregor Gillespie, man. Can't wait to see what that guy does next. For Marina Rodriguez. She's number six. Carlos Barza and Jan Shinian are going to fight. She could fight Mackenzie Dern, but I would honestly want to see her fight either Joanna Yonchinchek or Tatiana Suarez. Although Joanna Yonchinchek and Marina Rodriguez will be a way cooler fight because they're both Muay Thai based. So that would be next level violence. We're going to move on to UFC 262 this weekend. And I'm about to give you guys some predictions. If I can find the thing. Oh, here it is. Oh, Neil. Hold on, hold on. Neil Magny beat up Jeff Neal. He didn't beat him up, but he won the fight. 
I want to see him fight Hamza Chimaya because they've all been, they've both been talking to each other. Dana says Hamza's coming back this summer, so that fight lines up. What rank is Neil Magny? I'll check right now. Hold on. Give me one sec. Neil Magny is, he's welterweight. Oh, I'd have it right here. Neil Magny's eight. Dang. He's right below Jorge Masvidal. And he lost. A, yeah, that's a good fight. Hamzat's 15. That's a good fight. I want to see that fight. And if Hamzat could get past Neil Magny, there's the Jorge Masvidal. Like, after that, it's all straight killers. Because after that, it's. Jorge Masvidal, Michael Chiesa, Vicente Luque, Stephen Thompson, Leon Edwards. Although, Stephen Thompson, Leon Edwards, Gilbert Burns, they all have fights booked. Gilbert Burns is going to fight Stephen Thompson. And then Leon Edwards fighting Nate Diaz. So, we'll see what happens there. Okay, now I'm moving on to UFC 262. We're going to start with the main event. Charles Dubronx Oliveira versus Iron Michael Chandler. Bro, there's something here about this fight. I got to go with Chandler. People say, oh, he got one fight in the UFC and they gave him a title shot. You're only saying that because you've only seen him fight in the UFC once. If you've seen his body of work. And know all the dudes he's fought over the years, you'll be like, nah, it's warranted. He beat Eddie Alvarez. He's beat Benson Henderson. He's beat all these UFC vets. This title shot's very warranted. Um, But the one thing I have for Chandler over Charles Oliveira, even though Charles is bigger, I've never seen Michael Chandler quit. I'm sorry to put it that way, but that's as best as I could put it. I've never seen Michael Chandler quit. Actually, that's not true. That's not true. The second time he fought Will Brooks, he didn't, he didn't want no more, so he told the referee to stop. But I've never seen him hurt from a body shot. Like I think Michael Chandler got concussed in the middle of that fight and didn't realize what was going on, so he told him, stop, stop, stop. And then I think Michael Chandler's wrestling is going to be too much for Charles. I mean, those guys, they're doing something right at Sanford MMA, right? They're doing something right. So that's my pick right there. I think Michael Chandler beats Charles Oliveira. And I think it's going to go all five rounds. It's going to go to a decision. Going down to Tony Ferguson versus Benil Dariush. This... Tony Ferguson, I feel he's going to be the Tony Ferguson of old. He's got Freddie Roach in his corner. He's been working with wild card boxing. So I want to see if they give him a new wrinkle to his game. But Neil Dariush's game is as game as they come. Because that dude could be on wobbly legs, but he's still in the fight. Like it just takes him one hit. 
Like that's fight that has fighter than I written all over it. Like these two main fights have fighter than I written all over it. I think Michael Chandler is gonna outpace Charles Oliveira. Like I wouldn't be surprised if he loses the first two rounds, but then rounds three, four, and five, Michael Chandler takes over. Actually, I'm gonna hold myself to that. I say Charles Oliveira wins the first two rounds, but they're not gonna be free rounds. They're gonna be rounds he's gonna have to work for, and then. Michael Chandler will just outpace him three, four, and five. I feel Benio like Benio Darius versus Tony Ferguson is gonna be so crazy. I don't even know how it's gonna go down. I could tell you how I think it. I think it's gonna be a stand-up war. I think it could be a grappling war because they're both black belts. But I'm gonna go with Tony Ferguson on this one. I feel like Tony's gonna win. I like Benio, I really do. But I think this is gonna be Tony's night. Kaelin Chukagian versus Biniani Arojo. I don't know, man. I like Kaelin in that one. Shane Burgos versus Edson Barbosa. Edson Barbosa looks like a new man at Featherweight. I like Edson. And Match Now versus Rodrigo Botronin. I'll go with Match Now since I've seen him fight before. And then last one. Ronaldo Souza versus Andre Muniz. I'm gonna go with Ronaldo Souza Jacare. I'm gonna go. We're gonna go into the future. Cause this fight night, Garbrandt versus Font has some bangers on it. Rob Font versus Cody Garbrandt. Jan Shinian versus Carlos Esparza, Justin Taffa versus Jared Bandera, and Josh Kulibayo versus Shai Yinlen. I hope I said all those names right, because I would feel weird if I didn't. Well, first of all, Rob Found versus Cody Garbrandt, fireworks. Jan Shinian versus Carlos Esparza is going to have... Big implications on what goes on in the strawweight division for the women. Can't wait for these two fights. PFL. Dude, PFL is killing it right now. They just did three events. April 23rd, April 29th, and May 6th. On the April 23rd, it was the debut of Anthony Perez. It got spoiled. April 29th was the debut of the Red King, Rory McDonald. He looked like the Rory McDonald of old, bro. Like, if that Rory McDonald's the one that's sticking around, I feel bad for every other welterweight in this season of the PFL. Because, like, what's this guy's name? And I hope they both make it to the finals because it'll be a war. Let me see this guy's name. I forget his name. I hope Rory McDonald and Ray Cooper, how, how can I say this, I don't want them to fight in the regular season, like I want them to build the anticipation, because both these guys, they look like they're the ones on the collision course to fight each other, this is Rory McDonald and Ray Cooper the third, like those guys are on the collision course to fight each other, and then from last week, Kayla Harrison looked dominant, and I'm pretty sure if you don't follow PFL, then nobody knew that 
Puppity Silver Doom made his debut last week. And because me and my cousin, we were watching it together. I'm like, it's like Fabricio let that guy out. And then on the replay, we both see that the other guy taps. We're like, dude, that guy tapped. I'm going to tell you his name right now. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying his name because I don't know his name. I'll tell you his name right now. The guy tapped and he, like Fabricio let go. And the dude kept punching him and then knocked Fabricio out. So we'll see what happens. Dude, I forgot to turn off the fan. If you guys hear like a uh, noise, it's because I just realized I forgot to turn off the fan. It's really hot in my room. So again, I apologize if you guys can hear that. It won't. The dude's name is Henan Ferreira. Like, it was weird because... You don't see the initial tap when the fight's going, right? Like, until they show the replay. Actually, that's not true. I saw the tap. I'm like, it looked like he tapped. But then I, I let it go. And then when we see the replay, he did indeed tap. So, originally it was a TKO for this Hannon Ferreira guy. But the commission has since overturned it to a no contest. Kayla Harrison took... Marina Morais, she took her out in a minute 23. Uh, Kamar Usman's brother, PFL debut, didn't go so well for him. He got choked out round two, 342. Okay, this girl, Larissa Pachikio. Her and Kayla Harrison are on a collision course. I believe they fought in the finals of last season's PFL, but... These two girls are on a collision course to fight each other because they both won. This Larissa girl is in front of Kayla Harrison because even though they both earned six points. Okay, let me explain. So for those that don't understand the way PFL works, if you win in the first round, you get six points. Because it's a league, right? Think of it like as a league. You get six points. If you win, If you win in the second round, it's five points. And I believe if you get a finish in the third round, it's four points. And if you get a decision, it's three points. And they have scoreboards and the top, like, I believe it's ten fighters and only the top four from each division, they move on to what they call the playoffs. And so if somebody gets, if two people in the same weight class get a finish in the first round, they go by who gets the fastest finish. So this Larissa girl beat Kayla Harrison. Because Kayla, it took Kayla Harrison a minute 23 to win. And this girl won in 51 seconds. So this girl in the women's lightweight division for PFL is in first place right now. But these two girls are on a collision course if they keep winning the way these two girls won. Can't wait. Like this is another one I can't wait for. You know what's another fight I can't wait for? It's Patricio Pitbull versus AJ McKee. Can't wait for that one. Okay. So. PFL. They're taking a few weeks off. I believe they're coming back in June. To finish off their season. Let me see. Yes. They come back June 10th. 
it's the lightweights and the featherweights. Um, June 17th is the welterweights and light heavyweights. And June 25th is the heavyweights and women lightweights. That will be the end. Because each competitor in the season has to fight at least twice. So we'll see what happens. Uh, the Yoel Romero situation, I believe he hurt his eye. Yoel hurt his eye. I reached out to his management. I haven't gotten word back. I'm going to reach out again at some time this week. Keep an eye out on social media for an update. So, yeah, Yoel, I hope you get a speedy recovery for your eye. It sucks that we won't see him in the tournament. But he'll be back. From what I've heard, he'll be back. Edwards versus Diaz has been moved, and I found out the reason why. I won't tell you guys the reason why, because I don't know if it's public knowledge, but I found out the reason why. And I will tell you this. Nate wanted to fight this upcoming weekend, but his coaches convinced him otherwise to move it. So, there you go. There's that. But I just want people, I want to make it clear that it wasn't Nate's decision to move it. Like, his coaches around him told him, hey, you should postpone this. So, that's where that went. Current events. Let's go to current events. Mm -hmm. Latest current events. Oh, this one's cool. I like Alan Joe Ben. UFC welterweight and commentator Alan Joban announces MMA retirement. UFC veteran Alan Joban is calling it a career. On Monday, the welterweight competitor who first began fighting professionally in 2011 announced that he is retiring from fighting effective immediately. I'd like to officially announce my retirement from MMA, Joban wrote on Instagram. Fighting and the UFC have given me everything I have today. I would not have changed a single thing from my journey because I got to live my dream and not know what was next. My coaches, my teammates, those of you who were a part of this. Thank you to my supporters and even my opponents along the way. Injuries, age, and life have shown me it's time. If I can't compete to my fullest, then I won't. I'll focus my time on broadcasting where I can still share my passion and knowledge the sport with everyone at home thank you to everyone for all the love over the years i look forward to becoming a staple in the sport from this end now as well mm -hmm, mm -hmm. joe ban 38 competed in numerous regional promotions before joining the ufc roster in 2014 and amassing a 9-2 resume outside of the promotion Inside the octagon, Joe Ban routinely put on exciting fights, taking out a number of notable opponents over the years, including Bulam Muhammad, Mike Perry, and Ben Saunders. His activity warned since 2018 with only one fight for each of the past three years, including his last appearance in 2020, where he w earned a win over Jared Gordon by unanimous decision. Dang, 
Alan Joban. That dude was good. I don't remember watching his fights, but I probably did see his fights if he fought Bulal Muhammad and Mike Perry because I always watch their fights. So, he's good at what he does, man. I'm excited to see him on the desk. It's just, I'm glad to know that there are some people, like, you, not everybody's going to make, I put these three as examples because they're the three of the bigger names. Not everybody's going to make Conor McGregor money. Not everybody's going to make Nate Diaz money. Not everybody is going to make Jorge Masvidal money. That they get all these sponsorships while fighting. And they start their own businesses. Conor with Proper 12. And McGregor Fast. Um, Nate with his cannabis company. Game Up Nutrition. Jorge Masvidal with his Mascal. But there are fighters that are working like Alan Joban. Like, he ne I don't believe he, he was ever top five. I believe he was in the top ten, but I don't believe he was top five. But yet they're giving him a shot. Paul Felder's another one. Even though Paul Felder has more of a name. Like, my point is I'm glad that fighting is paying off for this guy. Maybe he didn't become world champion, but... It put him in a position where he doesn't need a fight anymore and he can still make a good living for his family and for himself. Let's see what else is out there. <clears throat> okay, I'm going to talk about this before. Okay, I'll talk about this and then I'm going to talk about something else regarding this person. Diego Sanchez says he's enrolling in professional athletic brain health study. Come on, let me in. Okay, there we go. Diego Sanchez on Monday said he is, he's in communications with the UFC once again and has agreed in principle to enroll in professional athletic brain health studies funded and powered by the industry leader. Oh, that's a good sign. We're talking, man, Sanchez told MMA Fighting. We're going to do some studies and get myself and my mental health and everything documented by doctors at the Cleveland Health Clinic. And a couple of other places that they're going to pay for me to go to. We're going to see how that goes. And then we're going to get a second opinion. Shortly after he was released from his contract for refusing to certify. He wasn't suffering from any issues with his brain health. Sanchez called the UFC to pay for his neuro neurological testing with a doctor of his choosing. He previously said he didn't trust the promotion to choose the provider after his past pre-fight medicals, but was still removed from the fight with Cerrone. Like other medical study participants in professional athlete brain health study, which studies the long-term health effects of repetitive head trauma, are kept anonymous by the Cleveland Clinic for Brain Health in, in Las Vegas, as of January, the UFC said over 100 current and former fighters had enrolled in the study. The promotion re-upped a $1 million contribution to the study to pay out over the next five years. In an interview with Yahoo Sports, UFC President Dana White said he wanted the best for Sanchez while blasting the Ultimate Fighter 1 winner's coach and manager Joshua Fabia alleging he was controlling the fighter and that he was nuts.
Sanchez remains loyal to his controversial mentor and continues to defend him as a true ally, but he agreed to check out through the, to get checked out through the UFC. I have issues from fighting for a long career. I have issues from fighting. I think it's supposed to say from a long career, but it says for a long career. And I hope that science gets better. That these doctors can do a good job and see what's going on and give me some help. To be honest, I feel vulnerable. I feel vulnerable right now and I'm dealing with a billion dollar corporation. So if you guys want to pretend like they're the most honest company and they're doing the most honest and moral work, you can pretend that BS yourself. But I ain't going to believe that. When medicals have been a part of this whole scandal and medicals potentially have been falsified, we don't know what's going on. We've been a part of an investigation that's been going on for a couple of years now. Right now, we're in this step. The UFC is going to help me get some MRIs and some studies done. We're going to move forward from there. Sanchez said in seeking answers about his brain health, he wants to be a positive influence until the next generation of athletes they shouldn't become professional fighters I'll be going to school and talking to kids about the truth of sports and how to work hard in your education and maybe you don't need to join up on the wrestling team to become a UFC fighter he said okay so I'm glad I read this article because I didn't know he started talking to the UFC again. That's 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 a step in the right direction, because as the article said, as I said earlier, he was supposed to fight Donald Cerrone this past weekend, but that didn't happen. And I don't know his coach, but from the stuff I seen, that guy, I don't know, man, like. That guy looks like he's in it for himself because the video they released, like he went in and talked to like the producing team or the production team about how they, um, how they talk about him, how they put him down. Like he made it more about himself rather than Diego. But then Diego comes out and says, no, 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 that's not the case. Like, honestly, you want to know what that reminds me of? That reminds me of, of, a, of a really toxic relationship, and I feel really bad putting it this way. But this is what this reminds me of. It reminds me of a really toxic relationship. And the person you're worried about doesn't see it, but everybody else around them does. Like, are you kidding me, bro? Diego Sanchez was... On the first Ultimate Fighter. Help put the UFC where it is. Today. And you have this guy. Hanging you upside down. From the ceiling. Hitting you and telling you. That it's going to make you better. A better fighter. Like I'm not a fighter but. I can clearly tell you. That that's not going to make you a better fighter bro. I could bring somebody in here. That's training Jiu Jitsu. And Muay Thai. And probably they'll probably agree with me. Like, what? What's crazy is that that guy got Stefan Bonner to be a part of his team, too. I'm talking about this Joshua Fabi guy. Again, I'm not talking smack on him. I just don't see how this guy's a good coach.
Um, that's all I'm trying to say here. I don't see how he's a good coach. I just don't. And I don't know how, like, hanging Diego down from the ceiling and smacking him around with a stick is going to help him. And I've heard he says that he knows a choke so lethal that the, the commission wouldn't allow Diego to fight if he were to put that on an opponent. What? I don't know, man. Again, I'm not a fighter. I'm not telling people what to believe, but I don't know. Like, that doesn't sound true to me. Okay, last one, last one, last one. Dana White, Donald Trump will get one last chance after latest knockout loss. So Dana says Donald is going to be able to fight one more time. Let's see what this article says. Donald Cerrone will get his 38th fight in the octagon and it will be his last chance to stay under the UFC contract. UFC President Dana White on Monday told TSN Aaron Bronster that Cerrone will be allowed to fulfill a plan to drop down to 155 after his fifth loss in his past six tries at UFC Vegas 26. This past Saturday, Cerrone was stopped by Alex Morno on a short-notice replacement for Diego Sanchez in the first round by a flurry of punches in a welterweight fight. It was his fourth loss by knockout in his four pre- in his previous six fights. White appreciated Cerrone's willingness to take a short-notice bout in the weight class he didn't originally intend on competing in. Cowboy again stepped up, Diego falls out of the fight, and he steps up and takes a last-minute replacement co-main event, White said. He accepts the Diego fight because they both said they would fight at 170. He wants to move down to 155, and I'm going to let him do that. Asked directly whether the bout would be his final chance to win in the octagon, White said yes. Sanchez was ruled out of the fight and released from his contract. When he declined to certify, he was... Suffering from neurological issues, Morano stepped in on one week's notice as a replacement opponent. So only brought up the question of retirement after his loss to Mor- Morano. Absolutely not my last fight. He said, no way. I'll never go out like this. I will 100% and I will know it's the last fight and I'll come in. Hopefully, I go in whipping ass right off and there's no way I'd end like this. I couldn't. Let my legacy end like this. Okay. So, the one thing that it doesn't make clear for me here is, like, is it win or lose you're out? Or win and we'll let you keep going until you lose? Or if, like, if no matter what happens here, it's the end of the road. Because that's what Dana White's making it sound like. But Donald Cerrone says that he'll keep fighting even outside the UFC if he has to. So, we'll see. I would like to see Donald retire because I do, like, I love Donald very much. I've been watching him since he was in WEC. I believe the first fight I saw Donald Cerrone in, like, a live fight that was going on live was the second fight with Benson Henderson where he got choked out. I have been watching stuff leading up to that fight where I believe they rerun their first fight, and that was a crazy fight. But, like I've said... I would like to see Donald retire after this last fight he's going to have. 
Canelo, Canelo, dude, like, what's next for that dude? Like, he beats up Billy Joe Saunders. He has three of the four titles at, I believe, at 168 pounds. Like, tell me what's next. For me, it would be Caleb Plant. Just because he wants to unify the titles, I believe he should be able to do that. And then... Demetrius Andre, first of all, Demetrius Andre, that dude is funny. I like that dude a lot. That dude, he makes me laugh all the time because all he does is talk smack. When Canelo fought, who was his last fight? Whenever his last fight was, they had him on the broadcast, and he was talking smack like, who has Canelo fought? This, 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 and that. This, 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 and that. He hasn't fought me. He goes to Canelo's post-fight press conference. Again, Demetrius Andre. I love you, bro. I've never seen him fight, but just the amount of smack that guy talks, he has a fan out of me. He goes He goes and congratulates um, Canelo on his um, win. And he tells him straight out, when are me and you going to fight? And then Canelo goes, who have you fought? Like, that was Canelo. In English, he tells him, who have you fought? Like, no, con quien has peleado? Like, you would think Canelo would tell him. He told him, who have you fought? And then, like, he starts telling him something, and he starts telling him something. And then, again, excuse my language, but this is quoting Canelo directly. He goes, bro, get the fuck out of here. In English, he tells him, get the fuck out of here. And then, like, his coach gets heated. He gets it. This is Demetrius Andre. And like, they kicked him out of the press conference. He's like, this is my press conference. Get out of here. But as a fan, for me, there's Caleb Plant. This is for Canelo, right? It's Caleb Plant. And you could give him Demetrius Andre at some point. But it would be Caleb Plant. Gennady Golovkin. And then... Jamal Charlo. And if there's time, Demetrius Andre. For me, right? That's me. Other people are going to tell me, no way, you should do this, 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 and this. But that's me, bro. Like, Canelo is at a point where he can just do whatever he wants. Like, he could retire tomorrow, and I don't think anybody would question it. I believe he's already in the conversation of being... Right behind Julio Cesar Chavez Sr. as the best Mexican boxer. Because a lot of people thought it would be De La Hoya, but let's give Canelo his due. Canelo never had um, scandals that De La Hoya had with drugs and alcohol and stuff like that. Like Canelo never had that. Canelo only worried about being the best. And I got to respect that about him. But anyway, so next week, my picks are Michael Chandler, unanimous decision, and Tony Ferguson is going to win. I don't know how. I just know he's going to win. All right, guys. Deuces. I hope you had a good time. I'll see you all later. Keep a lookout on the social media for updates that I get. I will be sending out emails tomorrow to people to try and get some updates.
All right, deuces.